The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. So to speak. Sorry for the, my language. It's about technique, setting trap, and intelligence. George Rush Saint Pierre! Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Uh, Matt and I have a really good show today. Very psyched about uh, today's show. We're going to talk about the fights over the weekend. And uh, we have George St. Pierre returning to the show. And he's going to be joined by O2 co-founder and CEO Rich Saaz or Sahaz. I hope I'm saying that right. I think it's Saaz. I'll ask him because uh, nothing worse than somebody butchering your name and not asking you exactly the proper name. And uh, he'll be on shortly. And uh, they're promoting this O2 Pro Sports mask. So it'll be interesting to talk to George. We haven't had him on in a while. Well, we haven't had him on ever. We haven't he, hasn't he been on? No, stop saying that. It's just I thought he was on. You know what? Maybe I'm ever. I didn't realize that. Maybe he was on my uh, I know I've interviewed him in my morning show. Yeah. Hmm. This is your fit. Listen, we're talking about your favorite show. You do a lot of shows. You might be confusing. You might be thinking you're the, the thing you do with Chip in the morning. No, he was been on the morning the show with Sam. That thing you do with Sam and Roberts. That's probably what it was talking about your favorite show. Okay. I think you're wrong. We've never interviewed George. You think you're wrong. You think I'm wrong. I think I'm right. Oh, wait. Yes, what? he was on in 2017. Okay. I thought so. Thank you. Hey, I know I'm not me. that crazy. Was I in studio? There's no way I was on with George. I bet you Matt was on. There's no way I was on. Were you away with Dana? Maybe he was away with Dana. I'm going to say I wasn't on. You got to find out if I'm on, you fucks. Because now yeah. I'm going to really, I'm going to get my head checked. Yeah. I no hope way you, I was on. I hope you were on. You might have been away with Dana. Jimmy. Doing for fight. Jimmy. Okay. There's no way yeah. I was on. I probably was with. Um, Sorry to take that tone with you, Jimmy. No, no, you're right. I was probably with somebody else. We'll just ask George. He won't remember, but I'll ask him. Um, remember, dude, he's so he's got this mask coming out. He's got aliens yeah. coming around. <laughs> yeah, he talks a lot about aliens. I, love I know, which I like. And we can talk to him about that, too. Oh, ready to go. Let's get. Oh, that, that's good. Very on time. George, I'm not, you didn't let yourself go. You just look differently. The facial hair. How you doing, Rich? 
Good, good, Jim. How you doing? Uh, but good. We're just talking about we had George on before, uh, and and it's been a couple of years. And Matt Sarah wasn't sure if he was there that day, but it's like, I, yeah, you, they're you saying there, I man. was here, and I swear to God, I don't remember this this conversation. <laughs> well, I don't know. Do you think does Rich look like he gives a shit about this? No, but I mean, I'm sure he's curious. I'm a mask with Rich. As to what's going on. Yeah. What is the mask too? Cause we have George coming on. You're promoting this. Uh, yeah. O2, uh Matt, what exactly does it do? And what was the purpose of it? Yeah. So, I mean, the, the mask was designed really um, out of a need for COVID, get people back to the gym, training, working through this um, long-term vision, you know, really put, protecting people from air pollution. So, um, you know, airborne contaminants, that kind of thing. You know, we see a lot of fighters, a lot of people training, uh, big fights coming up and they're getting sick. So, you know, if somebody in the gym is sick, even with a common, you know, common flu, right? Get them wearing a mask, get them wearing something to protect the people around them from their, their virus, right? So that was the idea. I mean, this is the product. It's, it's a uh, kind of an evolution of a face covering. The idea is that it's got a full head harness. So you can put this thing on and you can actually grapple with it on. Uh, and so that's what we were working with George, uh, you know, to develop this thing. Um, we started with with air pollution. We started with developing just air pollution respirators. Um, we moved into military respirators. So we've got a, a tactical respirator. I feel like it's show and tell here. I got I like show it. Oh, oh wow, hey, that's the fucking Bane one right there. Yeah, that's the yeah. Bane one. The hashtag Kabane was trending when when uh, Khabib was wearing it. Yeah, but yeah. This, this is the new one. Hey, I, I think I, 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 I hear George. I'm yeah. having a flashback of some wild memories. Am I hearing George <laughs> here in my head? I don't see him. Oh, no, my, my worst nightmare is on the line. <laughs> Jimmy, he must have called your last act, Jimmy. <laughs> my worst nightmare is on the line. <laughs> What's oh, up? Shit, How are you, guys? George? Hey, George. How great he looks. What's up, yeah. George? Man, I'm sorry, guys. I, my stand just almost broke. It fell on the, on the ground. My, 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 uh, the stamp, you know, that I put my, um, my phone on. Is that your ring? Do you have like a ring camera? Is that what that is? Like a, a ring of light? Yeah, I have like a little this thing, you know, it fell down. I had to, it almost broke, but now I, I, got, I got it back. So I'm going to put uh -huh. this here and that's it right there. Yeah, George. There you go. Hey, now I got it. George, they were, Jimmy was just bringing up that you were on the show before. Were you on Unfiltered? I know you do a lot of shit. You were on here before talking to me. On this show? I he don't remember. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. You are. Neither one of you guys remembers. I'm telling you, you were on. This, listen, there's a couple of things I do remember with George. Yeah. But this is not one of them. Well, I, 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 got, I got hit on the head a little bit during my life, so maybe that's why. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I'll tell you. Well, it must have not have been a very fucking memorable experience, but we're changing that with this one. Now, we're going to talk more about this, this mask in a second. And if I have a preference, I want to look like Bane instead of the ninja. I like the fucking Bane one. But George... I was so happy at the Sarah household every week. We have a little show we watch, right? It was WandaVision. We're big comic book fans. I don't know if you know that about me, George. I'm a big comic. I didn't know. Oh, I fuck know. yeah. Well, you know now. I'm a huge comic book fan. Every week at the Sarah household, me, my wife, my three girls, we were watching WandaVision. Now we're watching Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which I can't say <laughs> enough about. And I was so happy, Jimmy. To see, Rich, to see my old friend, George, playing the, the same character he was in Winter Soldier. Uh, what is it? Bat, Bat Rock, the, the Leaper. Bat yeah? Rock, the Leaper. That's right. 
Come on, what, man. what does he do? I don't watch. What does Bat Rock the Leaper do? Does he just leap or what? I don't. I don't. Not familiar. He, he, he's a he's a mercenary. He's a French mercenary, and he does thing. He doesn't have a, a code of morality. He does things only for the money. As long as he get paid, he, just, he doesn't care if it's good or bad. He's doing it, and um, yeah, he, he's always going up against superhero. Normally, he's a bad. Normally, he's a villain, but. He, in the comic book, there's certain times that he went with the good guys as well. But what I did with this character is because he fought Captain America before in the Captain America and the Winter Soldier and I had talks with some of the people at, at Disney because he, he fought Captain America and he got his ass kicked. Then when he came back in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I told them, I said, listen, he, we know he's a he's a guy from that learns Sabbath. He's a Sabbath champion, but let make makes him stronger this time, and let let him use different techniques that we use in mixed martial arts. So that's why in the in the in the move in that movies, I perform a double leg takedown, which is a technique that we use in jiu-jitsu and wrestling. So that means that my character has involved is and he's more of a badass now. So. That would, I was happy to that they agreed on it. How did they approach you with this character back for Winter Soldier? And then again for this. But how did they come to you saying, George, we have this. I'm sure you're getting, being the guy you are, you know, I'm sure you're getting a lot of scripts thrown your way and stuff. How did you get approached with this? And why did you pick this to act in? Well, I, I first I did the gig in, in uh, the Winter Soldier before. And uh, I feel I'm a perfect match. I, the guy is French. He's uh, he, he jumped very high. He's called the leaper. His name is George. So there's. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought I would fit perfectly for that character, you know. And uh, Jacques Van Damme is a little bit older now, so I think they I, I could fit better because I'm a little bit younger, perhaps. But listen, when I took my retirement after Bisping, they called me right after it and the timing was just perfect. And they, they told me that they want, they would like to bring back the character. And I was so happy because the, I've done some little gig at, at the time in movies before, but I was not ready for it. You know, I did it for fun. I was not practicing. Now it's been two years that I have a acting class every week, uh, camera class, theater class, English classes, um, uh, audition classes so every week I really train hard on it so my, my game has improved since then but I am aware there's a level to this game like in mixed martial art and I have to restart as a white belt so yeah. but I'm ready to do it it's a new challenge you know you know Jimmy Jimmy was in the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man did you know that George it was one it was one line George I, I played a truck really? it, it was when one was line it was a 2001, I think, or whenever we whenever we filmed that 2002, maybe I, I just had one line. A lot of people said it was the most important part of the film. Now, do you get uh, do you get scared when you act? I mean, some fighters have mixed feelings about when, when they're actually acting. Uh, how do you handle that? Like mentally? I think there is a lot of similarities between acting and fighting because. I don't know for you, Matt, but for, for me, I was acting all my life. You know, we, we live in a very ego. I, I, I compete in a very egotistic sport and everybody like to be the alpha male and pretend that they're, they're not scared and excited. But every time I walked to a fight, I was afraid. I was terrified. I, I, I always ask myself, what the hell I'm doing here? You know, like every single time. And I was extremely uncomfortable, but. When you see me, I always pretend that because I put on a mask, I'm acting like if, like, like if I'm excited and for me, it's impossible to fail. But this, this 
deep down inside, it's all it's all the opposite. So acting for me, I've been doing it for a long time in, in fighting. Also, in like in fighting, when you get ready for a fight, you do a lot of repetition. You repeat, you rehearse different scenarios that might happen in a fight. And in acting, you do the same thing. And it doesn't matter how much, how, how many times you rehearse the scenario, because when you fight, you always find out that the, the your opponent is always different than what you thought. He's never as good and never as bad. He's always different. Same thing in movies. You can rehearse a scene as much as you want, but when you get on set, the reaction of the other actors will be different. The, the, the background will be different. So you have to, to be like Bruce Lee said, be like water, ready to, to um, uh, adapt to every situation. The best actor and the best athlete are the ones that can adapt the best. Yet, I don't think like a lot of fighters are going to be able to cross over the way you're doing it. Like, I can't see Mike Perry in a remake of fucking Harry Met Sally. I don't see that happening. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but I, I, I think you know, Matt, I think you need to put time into it. it you know, when I, before I, I get involved really much into this, I thought that you can be naturally a good actor. And it's like fighting. It's like any other sport. There's guys that as have it easier than others. You know, they're gifted in certain ways. But you need to work on your skill. And there's tricks. Like in jiu-jitsu, there's tricks that you can learn and get better at it. You know, I'm sure you take a guy like Leonardo DiCaprio or Denzel Washington. I'm sure they rehearse a lot of time their scenes. You know, they're not, they're not only, they're great actors. Of course, they, they might have predisposition, but I'm sure they just didn't wake up one morning and say, oh, I'm going to be an actor and became a star and became good at it. I'm sure they, they had to put a lot of time into this. And it's like anything, you know, you need to learn and put a lot of time and train hard and train smart, train or try to learn from the best. And I was, uh, two weeks ago, I was with um, uh, Danny Trujillo. Yeah. Oh, yeah, every time yeah. I, meet, I meet an actor nowadays, I ask him some advice. I like to seek advice from them. Like I, I told Danny Trujillo, you know, Tortega, you know, the, the Mexican guy. He, he, yeah. And I asked him, I say, man, you terrify me when you, when you talk. Like, how can you be so terrified? Because when I try to threaten someone, I'm screaming and I'm trying to, to threaten him, but it's not as, as good as you. And he told me, he said, George, he said, the best thing you can do to, to threat someone is to smile because every time you fight, you put on a smile. And that's what scared people. You know, when you say someone, you scream at him, I'm going to kill you. Or you, you smile and you say, I'm going to kill you. Like with the smile, it's much more threatening. And... I thought it was, I thought it was something very cool that I've took and I keep right now in my back pocket, you know? I, I, so every time I meet an actor or, or someone with more experience, I try to seek advice from them. It's like fighting, you know, you, you meet a good jujitsu guy, you know, you, you try to ask him some techniques, some advice, a good boxer will give you some advice in boxing. Same thing in acting. Danny Trujillo for me, he's the one that can look so terrified. He's very good at looking like a, like a badass, you know, like without trying to be. And I wanted to learn that from him. And he gave me a good advice. He says to me that when I'm saying something to someone in, uh, in front of the camera, like, Hey, I'm going to kill you. Think about you killing him in your head. And when you say the line, like, Hey, I'm going to kill you. Like, and the camera will take the emotion out of it. And I thought it was a very nice advice from him. Like, like, just that to, to say that everything can be taught in life. You know, everything can be learned. It's a skill like another one. 
Do they pick your brain about fighting or, or, or techniques or things like that too? Do they ask you questions as well? Well, the, the, you know, fighting for a camera and fighting for, for real, it's really different. You know, when we fight, Matt and I, for example, we don't want to telegraph too much our punches because our opponent will see it coming. Right. But when you fight for camera, you have to make everything big to make it look yeah. good. So in that regards, it's very different. However, I, there are certain times in the movie that I, I really wanted to put, introduce some grappling techniques, you know, like the double leg takedowns. And I was very happy that they, they add that to the choreography. And um, there's a lot of times too in the movies that there's things that are done by stunt double. Even though I'm a very athletic guy, these guys that work on choreography, they're one of the kind, one of a kind. They're unbelievable guys. I, you know, there's, I would, I really believe there is three different dimension in martial art. There's the competitor, like, like, for example, like Matt Sarah and I, we have done, you know, like we're real fighters. There's the choreograph people that people that do things for the movies or the, the kata, the forms, they do stuff that Matt and I, we cannot do, but they cannot do what we do as well to the level that we do. And there is a third dimension, I would say, the philosopher. I would say Bruce Lee was mainly a philosopher. I, of course, he could defend himself. He was a good fight, fighter. And he was a choreographer too because he did some movie. But his philosophy, I believe, really what changed the world. So when you're a martial artist, you're a little bit of the three kinds. But there are normally one kind that you really specify, specif specify in it, specif specialize in yeah. it, you know? And would you, uh, would you rather play a good guy or a bad guy? What's more fun? I, I think I like to play the bad guy better because it's more charismatic. And I try to be a good role, role model every, every day of my life. So when I play the bad guy, it's yeah. time to unleash it. I really enjoyed it. It's fun. Now, are we just going to be seeing you in the future in action movies or... Are we going to see like a romance lead? Move over, fucking Hugh Jackman. Come on, man. Imagine you in a fucking, I'm trying to think of a Richard Gere. It's kind of the age. <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. Richard Gere. Like, get it? What is it, Rich? Which one? A little rom-com. Yeah, a little romantic <laughs> comedy. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think, George? Come on, man. The, the girls alone. Well, I mean, that I'm, thing will be a blockbuster. I'm, I'm going to tell you the truth. I, I'm aware because of my background and, uh, my I've started very late in acting. You know, I'm, I'm, it's been two years. I've worked very hard on my skills. They mostly going to take me for action movies, you know. Yeah. But when I train, I train. Not, I don't train in action. I get out of my comfort zone like I did for mixed martial art. When you train, you want to get out of your comfort zone to improve. So I train comedy, romance, drama. I don't train like I'm a badass martial art guy. I, I, when I train, I do it outside my comfort zone. But when I'm picked for a movie... Most of the time, it's because of, a, you know, an action figure. Perhaps one day I'll, I'll play in a remake of Bane, you know, like something like this. Let me see it. Let me see it. <laughs> oh, be, that, that, yes. like, that looks comfortable, though. It does yeah. look Let's not stand here on ceremony, guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great movie. Oh, you think, oh Matt, you think Darfin is your ally? Huh? I was yes. born in the dark. Yeah, you were born Mold in it. it. Yes. Yes. Molded I, by it. Molded by it. I, I was not born the, in the dark. The daylight until I was already a man or some shit like that. I'm not going to do the Bane voice because I'll be embarrassed. Oh, is that a Bane impression? I didn't, I didn't no, even know it, who that was. It wasn't. 
I saw once version of Bane. <laughs> Everybody, all three of us are not. That's not going to be your next role as Bane. Yeah, hey. it was a bad impression to be to be clear. <laughs> true, true. George, did you see the new? Did you see the Snyder cut of Justice League? I did not. Apparently, I, I want to see it. It's a, it's like four hours long or something like that. Man, you see, it, and it comes in chapters. So you could stop after a couple of chapters and then go back to it. Totally different than the other Justice League that we really made. so much. Totally a, a different movie, a different movie, man. Is it, is it better or worse? Way better. Way better. Josh Whedon. Hey, I love the Avengers, but he took a shit on that Justice League. I didn't like wow. that at all. Fuck that. But the re- Jack, Zack Snyder's cut, the one that's on HBO Max. So good. So good. You know, I'm going to check it out. Um, it's on HBO. It, there, there's this one I want to check. And there's also King Kong versus Godzilla, my friend. On eight, I want to check it out. I'm watching that one now with the kids and everything. But, but, but they, they, do, they do now a lot of remake. Like, I remember I've read something about the Star Wars, the sequel to the trilogy. Now they want to redo because they want to redo another cut that is like... Uh, like the the original, like they would want to do it because apparently the 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 the, the I think the the Revenge of Skywalker, the last one, is like I, I mean they cut a lot of part of it, but it's supposed to be much longer than than it was, you know. What about the prequels? Or are we talking about the original? the sequels? The one after the the episodes seven, eight, nine. I'm a huge fan of Star Wars. Oh, what, dude? Come on, man, George. We should have been hanging out this whole time. Who cares? Really? We kicked each other's asses. Who cares? This is great. <laughs> I got somebody I can talk to about now with comic books and Star Wars. Do you watch The Mandalorian? I watch it all, my friend. I know everything you it has, you you have to you can know about Star Wars. I know Star Wars very well. I don't want to take it too far, and I don't want to. Lo- I don't want anybody to lose respect for me. Like sometimes, did you ever, listen? I'm not going to say cartoon. Do you ever watch some of the animated uh, Clone Wars and Rebels? I watch it all. I watch it all. <laughs> There's one coming out on in, the, in, May, in May 4th, The Bad Batch. I'm going to watch it. Dude, come on. Listen, I know I'm a Man, I can't believe it. We fought each other. I can't believe we should have hang out and, and be best friends. 100%. We are both excited about the upcoming Bad Batch that's going to be streaming on Disney Plus soon. We both love The Mandalorian. Dude, I, listen, The Mandalorian. No, no, Matt, Matt, the best one coming out is Kenobi. The, the, the TV, TV series is coming, is coming out in 2022, apparently. This is going to be amazing. They're bringing, and you know who's playing Kenobi is, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, McGregor. McGregor and Aiden Christian Christensen is coming back as well. Not Colin, not not uh, Conor McGregor. It's the no, 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 no. <laughs> but dude, that's gonna be phenomenal, dude. It's such a good time to be a Star Wars nerd. Oh, yeah. The Mandalorian took what's best out of the original series and right. the new, and the new lore they have even in the like they they brought back the uh, um Akona. What's her name? Um. What's her name with the the, the the female Jedi? Ahsoka Tano. Yes, Ahsoka Katana. It means no worries. I'm sorry. But listen, she was awesome. How awesome was she in that? She was amazing. You know, she's an Anakin apprentice. And uh, the best part of the series, I like I like that they brought uh, Ahsoka Tano, Bo-Katan, and all the, the ones from the animated series. But, but I really enjoyed to see Luke Skywalker in his prime. That was amazing. Now we saw Prime Luke Skywalker. That was 
the best part of the entire season. Did you know? I know what I watch sometimes is the reveal when all like when like some of these like nerds like ourselves they'll watch it and they do a YouTube thing and they see the reaction, the fans' reaction, and they're losing their shit. They see so they when they see Luke, they see the first they see the X wing pull up. What did you feel when you saw the X wing pull up? when they were in trouble and they're like one X-Wing, did you think it was Luke Skywalker? Well, I, I, once again, like, like you said, I don't want to lose the, <laughs> the respect from the fan, but because I'm such a, a huge fan of Star Wars, yes. I went into the leaks. On the, I, 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 I investigate on, uh, because I was, I was not in Montreal when it happened, so I couldn't watch it. So I investigate on, because I wanted to know ahead of time, so I knew he was part of the, the that episode. You yes. took away the surprise for yourself. I cheated. <laughs> <laughs> I was so, when that happened, I was like, oh, my wife and my kids are just looking at me. I'm like, oh, it's Luke. It, if, I had a, if I had a camera on me, only the nerd would talk. <laughs> Jimmy wouldn't do the show with me anymore. I would. I'm a true Star Wars fan too. I, I, and I agree. I think the Phantom Menace is the best one. Um, I'm a big Jar Jar fan. That was probably, I thought, the best one in the series. <laughs> Listen, out of the latest three, I thought The Force Awakens was so good. And I want your thoughts. I I want your thoughts on yeah. what on what um what's his name? Uh who did knives out? Who's the one who did the second one? Uh who, who, with Luke AJ Abraham? No, no, he's good. He did a he did I love The Force Awakens. What's the next one? Um uh the, yeah, yeah, the the, the 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 episode eight. When they kill Luke, they they kill Snow, they, yes, they, they yes. it was I didn't like it. Whoa! Ryan Johnson. Yeah. Ryan, Ryan Johnson. Johnson yeah. yeah, yeah. He took a shit on everything J.J. Abrams did. J.J. Abrams left a great Force Awakens. I enjoyed. What's gonna happen? Who the fuck is Snoke? Who's Ray's parents? J.J. Abrams, dude. He was yeah. great. Fucking Ryan Johnson comes in, shits all over, all over. I got, I got some, some infos for you, Matt. Yes. Because I'm, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. You know what was the, the original plan for, for uh, George Lucas for the, the sequel to trilogy, if he would have made it? Because he was not involved. And he, he, what he really wanted to do is that Emperor died. Luke would have started a, a, an academy of Jedi. Then after, uh, you know what would have come back is Darth Maul. Darth Maul would have come back because now you live in a time that there is nobody to make rules in the galaxy. So a lot of the gangster gangsters organization were able to come out and the head of the gangsters organization with, you know, Crimson Dawn was, yes. uh, uh, was yeah. Darth Maul. And Darth Maul had an apprentice called Darth Talon. And he would have been some sort of like the Darth Vader sort of speak. So because Maul would be too, too uh, old. And that, that, that's who would have been the main villain of the sequel. But they, they didn't took that route. They changed the route. And, and I mean, the problem with the sequel trilogy, I believe, is they made it separately. They didn't make the entire trilogy. So that's why the stories were not connected well with each other, because it, it was all separated, unfortunately. That's why. Yeah. The Force Awakens did have that feel, though, didn't it? It had like when the when she like remembered the, the force and that, that's the music came on. It, it was it brought me back. I liked it better than the prequels. And then again, it kind of fell off. I got to pretend they didn't have those other two movies. Yeah, I, I like the direction where they went with the, you know, the knives of, of Ren and everything. But I think really the, the episode eight, I think because Ryan Johnson perhaps tried to do something different that the fans were not expecting. And 
a lot of them didn't like the, the direction where it was going. And that, the episode nine was, I mean, it, they brought back the emperor. I mean, it was that, the, yeah, I, I mean, I think it could have been, if they would have had more time, they could have perhaps do something better, you know? Ryan Johnson should have did fucking um, Looper 2, that motherfucker. <laughs> Life can be a battle. Whoever you are, we're all fighting for something. O2 Industries is here to protect fighters like you. That's why they created TR2, the ultimate military-grade respirator. It battles airborne particles so you can fight for honor, not for air. Developed with Tier 1 operators, this respirator is eyewear compatible and fits a wide range of facial profiles. It's even approved by elite fighters like George St. Pierre. TR2 launches on October 20th, available for fighters like you. Check out its bold design and pre-order yours at protectthefighter.com. O2 Industries, proud to fight alongside the UFC. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Speaking of Jedi's, George, you were visiting the mastermind and his crew of deadly Jedi's, John Danner, in Puerto Rico recently. Yeah, yeah. Uh, first of all, I am so happy. I love to see some of the guys I came up with make it and really make it. And a guy like John, who was always a different, diff- a little different than the pack, and I remember him coming all the way up to see what he's done, not only with what he's done with jujitsu, and now he's living on a beach in Puerto Rico. I'm just so happy for my friend. What is the scene like over there? Man, they, they, uh, they are uh, in a different level, Matt. I mean, it's because I don't see them every day. I see them every few months because I train with them. And now because of COVID, I haven't seen them for a long time. Last time I've seen them is maybe like it was more than six months. And every time I see them, I can, because in between themselves, they cannot really see that how, how much they improved. They only know because they win, they collect medal in competition. But now, man, I can tell you the level that they reach, it's nev- nothing that I've seen before, man. It's unbelievable. Gordon Ryan, his little brother, Nicky Ryan. <laughs> yes. Man, Gary Toner now is fighting in MMA. Man, it's it's unbelievable. You know what I mean? They 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 innovate so much and they have so much, I mean, because of the mastermind of John, but you know when when progress is made, it's like exponential, it's like technology. It it, it brings new ideas and, and the progress doesn't go in, in, in a if I make a, a graphic, 
the progress doesn't go doesn't go doesn't go like this, you know. Yeah. It goes like it, it really exponential, like a curve that goes up, and that's what is happening right now with them. It's just insane. The technique, like how good they are, it's it's unbelievable. I've never seen anything like this. Like in jujitsu, they're the best I ever seen in the world, ever seen. Isn't it amazing with the leg locks, George? Where you, we both know, and you know him better than me, but he used to visit us in New York. Back in mid nine mid nineties, Angelo. He used remember Angelo, the leg lock. Yeah, yeah of course. My, my old my old teacher. Yeah, he came to our academy and leg locked almost the whole academy, almost. No, I'm okay. But listen, he was good. He was good. <laughs> I, George, he was fucking good. But yeah. what is the difference? How is it? And you know, I have my theories on it. Of course, John. Like the leg locks nowadays is so it just evolved so much, even from back then with guys like Angelo and my buddy Dean Lister, it just evolved so much. Like, I mean, is it, what is your thoughts on that? Johnny told me one time, he says that everything changed in his mind when he met Dean Lister and he asked Dean, he's like, Hey, how come you're so good with leg lock? And Dean told John, you should not ignore leg lock because it's think about it. The legs is like 50, 50% of your body. Yeah. And John had a, like a sudden idea that perhaps 50% of the attack maybe should be on the leg because it represents 50% of your body. If I stand up, you know, if I stand up like this and, and I measure my legs are about 50% of my, the length of my body. And it's the truth. And, and I think John realized that ahead of time, that's when he changed the game. Because I think, you know, like like th there's this uh, this this view of leg lock that it's very dangerous and it it is dangerous, but we I don't think we should be afraid of leg lock. We should understand and educate ourselves on leg lock, and and if we educate ourselves, it, it, it perhaps it makes it uh, better for everyone, and it's not as dangerous. You know, it's like it's, if we're afraid of something and we we lab label it as danger. Now I think that's the problem because if we're afraid, we're not going to train in it. And if we don't train in it, the others will catch up on us and, and learn and get better. So I think everybody should educate himself on it and not being afraid of it. You know where I think that came from, George, is in the early jujitsu tournaments. I think they let all submissions allowed. I think guys were ripping knees off with the geese on. They were just getting it. And a lot of times with those heel looks, you don't feel it until a it comes up to the knee and back then they were probably just rolling the wrong way. They didn't have an understanding of it as much. So they were probably, ripped, it was probably so many knees getting ripped. They're like, all right, let's get this out of the. Yeah. The and, and, and also there's a thing like, like you got an arm, like you, you, you hurt your arms or you hurt your legs. The, the, the outcomes are much different. You know, you cannot really work if you, if you're missing a leg, you know what I mean? If you're, if your arm is injured, you can compensate and, you know, keep, keep, keep uh, living your life. But if you're missing a leg, now you have a big, big, big problems. I asked John this weekend about one very interesting question. I asked John, I said, how would a, a small guy, like I'm talking about small, like, like someone like, 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 like very small could beat a man, like for example, like Francis and Gendo, like what would be the idea? How, how, how would you see, how would be his only chance? Because John, you know, he's like a genius. And you know what John says to me? He says, my whole strategy would re rely on the small guy getting behind the big guy to strangle him or to attack him with a leg lock because he, with a leg lock, the difference with a leg lock and a, and a arm bar, an arm bar, if the guy is much stronger than you, he can resist easier. 
But with a leg lock, if he cannot resist and you cannot fight if your leg is broken. So I thought it was a very interesting idea. You know what? Because now we see guys like cross path in, in different divisions. You know, I thought it was a genius thing. You know what I mean? How can a small guy can beat a big guy? I mean, he doesn't have the weight behind his punches, perhaps to knock him out. But if he can perhaps get behind him to strangle him or attack the leg, break his leg, man, the fight is over. And I thought it was genius. That's what I loved about Hicks and Gracie taking the back versus Zulu in their match. You know what I mean? This big, I mean, this is in the 80s or whatever it was. Hickson fighting Zulu. They're in those little Valley Tudo shorts. And this dude, Zulu, was a at the oh, time, yeah. athletic. Just like he would just do stuff just so athletic where Hickson would just be in the guard surviving. Next thing you know, you see him just after a while creeping to the back, creeping to the back, and then got to his back and just strangled him. So I I love that's what jujitsu is really all about. If you if you if you got someone's back. I mean, one thing that he can do is perhaps slam, slam you if you fall, like, you know, but, but if you watch out for it, if you make sure when you get his back, you make, you, John told me always to keep your, open, your opponent when you get his back, if he's much bigger than you, keep his chest facing up. That's the secret. So the guy cannot come back on his feet, cannot slam you back, and he cannot hit you. So that's probably the most secure place to be in a fight when you think about it. And it's the truth. It always take your opponents back. I think it's, it's a very smart uh, move. You know, that's right. Ixon was ahead of his time. You, you, do you still talk to Ivan Medjivar? It's been a long time. I text him sometimes, yeah. The only he's still trained. He's still he, he is in great shape, you know. He's a tough guy. We both want this guy. He's just shorter than me. A, little, a Canadian El Salvadorian little. He would be the perfect. If they did a a remake or a movie of Alpha Flight and it was Puck. Remember Puck? The little, he's he's a little, if you Google him later, Puck from Alpha Flight. It could be, it's a, it, anyway, that, now I just out-nerded, <laughs> I just out-nerded George. <laughs> I won in the nerd field. Listen, anyway, I didn't, the reason why I bring him up because when you said that, I remember being on his back fighting him and he was like, and he's such a nice guy, Jimmy, I told you this before, he'd be punching me like in my face and he'd be going, sorry. Sorry, I go. What the fuck? After the fight, I go. Were you saying sorry? He goes. Ah, it's not nice. Dude. I go. Holy fuck. <laughs> that dude was. He was very relaxed in there. That Ivan Medjivar George. No. No, he's he's very uh, loose. He's very creative. That was always his his trait. I think to be relaxed and sometimes perhaps too relaxed. You know that that's perhaps what why he, he lost sometimes. But he was always very good, and he's one of the guy that. I remember before fights, I, I, I used because I share the same locker room than him. And I was like, man, I, you're not afraid. He's like, no, I'm happy to be here. I'm like, you're, you're a psychopath, Ivan. I'm like, man, I'm scared. <laughs> I wish I, I could clip my, clip my hand and, and, and appear like uh, go, go, go forward in time. And, and when I open my, my eyes, I'm, the fight is already over, you know? I'll tell you, George, to be totally honest with you, for the, uh, out of all my fights, that guy, because he was so freaking relaxed all week long. And I'm like, what the fuck does this dude know that I don't know? Like I was getting, and I felt confident fighting the guy, but he kind of freaked me out. And I was a little, that's the first time I almost, almost was a little panicky of like, like, like a little, like I had like a little anxiety and it went away, but I remember feeling that it's a horrible feeling. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a scary thing. Yeah, when you fight a guy that is that relaxed, because you know when you fight, you you try to make him flinch, and he he, he doesn't he doesn't really 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 
respond to that, it makes you it make you scared because you're like, man, that's mean he's not afraid. And you start, yeah. like you said, asking yourself, like, what does he know that I don't know? And this is a very scary thing. Yeah. For you, me, I'm sorry, Jimmy. It just no, upsets me when like the sport's so popular now. And I see like a guy like Ivan Medjivar. I mean, that guy should be known. That's why I like to bring up guys like like there's some guys that were coming up with us that like are not as known now because the sport wasn't where it is now. You know what I mean? I don't know. I just like to give them some shine. People should throw Ivan Medjivar's name in. It's it, it, it's it's it, that that the time has changed, and I I understand what you're saying because the sport of MMA it's about what's next. You know, unfortunately. And, and, you know, we, we all have done a lot of stuff. We like to be remembered. And, and, you know, but unfortunately, it's always about what's next, what's next. And, and you know, at, that's how it's, it's promoted. And, and when we used to fight, we didn't have much of social media. I remember we had like YouTube, not YouTube, uh, Facebook, you know, but we didn't have much like this Instagram stuff. It was not omnipresent like it is right now today. Now they, they, they you can immediately trash talk and promote your fight anytime you want. So you say something on social media, right away, everybody will see it. We didn't have that sort of platforms before. We had it, but it was not as popular as it is now. And that's one of the reasons why you have guys that makes a lot of money. I mean, I, I look back at, 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 at how MMA was back in the day, you know, like Mark Coleman uh, and all these guys, you know, Dan Severn, Tito Ortiz, um, you know, and these guys are the pioneer, man. Marco Ruas, uh, man, I wish they could make the money that the guys made may are making now. I mean, you know, it's, the thing can always be improved, but I'm like, I, I feel sad for these guys sometimes because they're the pioneer. They're the one that I look up to. And unfortunately, a lot of them, they, they, they didn't have a good ending. These are also you can get fights. It seems like guys are able to get fights now by calling people out on social media. And if the fight is, is interesting enough between them on social media, it generates a fan interest. And all of a sudden somebody gets a fight that they might not have gotten years ago. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You, we, we can advertise the fight. The, we can promote the, the fight much easier now. And there's a lot of money in it. I mean, you know, th this social media thing now allowed athlete to make a, a passive income, you know, like, like in a way that they can post something and it, it collect money. You know what I mean? Like, like without actually them be there working. Also, you look, just look at the things that you see, like the instructional video, you know, like now it's, it's not, you don't buy the DVD anymore. It's all, you know, like you, you buy the, 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 the thing online. So things has changed. We live in a different times and, I mean, it's fun for the fighters that are competing now for them, but for the one that that the pioneers of the past, they didn't have a chance to 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 be in the right time, you know, unfortunately, and they didn't make the money that they deserve. It's funny, like, George, you're a rare, a very rare person in a sense where you didn't have to. Like as we talk about nowadays with all the fucking social media and everything, you didn't have to be something else. You didn't try to be somebody else. You were just a very nice guy that just, and you were, and you are a superstar. When you were fighting a superstar, it wasn't just you smashing everybody. I mean, look at uh, Demetrius Johnson. He was the, oh, yeah. this and that. He never, the fans never took to him. No offense. I think that guy was amazing. Everybody took to you. What do you think about the fighters nowadays that play too much into that, into that social media? 
they're not being themselves as much. And they're kind yeah. of, even if they'll get that fucking, they'll get some attention, good, bad, or indifferent. They just want that attention. What do you, what do you think about that? Well, I, I think it takes time to build it up, but I believe you need to be authentic. The reason, for example, Mark, Conor McGregor is so popular and he's the most popular, of course, he, he trash talk and everything, but that's really who he is. He's authentic. If you try to act like this and you're not authentic, it does not look good. And it, it shows that it's not real. A lot of guys, they try to emulate him, but it's not real. They're not as good as him. McGregor is smart. When you say something, he's, he answers very fast. You know, like he's good at this stuff. I'm not good at trash talking, Matt. I mean, English is not my first language. If I would want to, to be a trash talker, I wouldn't be good. And it, it, I wouldn't have the, the popularity that I have because I, it's not real. So I, I, only, I always think that it's better to be authentic. No matter if you're nice, good, just look at the Diaz brother. They're not really, I mean, they're a little bit of trash talker, but they're really authentic. That's why they're very popular. Guys that are authentic are, are, are I think, in my book, the one that will attract most people. Because if you're authentic, people can rely to you. They will be like, oh, this guy is like me. I like him because I can rely to him. Is the way, the way that he thinks. So that's why I think people will be fan of, of yours if you're, if you're authentic. They know when they can sense when you're genuine, when you're yeah, authentic, you're genuine. I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they know when you smell it and it gets cringy when somebody's not doing that. It's like, oh, I don't like That's that. right. Yeah, it shows. It shows. It's, it's, it's fake. And when it's fake, people don't want, if you have a fake product, people don't want to buy it because it's fake. They know it shows. But it's, if it's real, people will be like, oh, I'm like him, you know, or even if he's not, he's, he's someone who's, in, in the percentage of population, there's many different kinds of people, like introverted, ex extroverted, introverted, like, like there's different personalities. And the people that has the similar personalities as you will connect to you. That's why, man, if you're, that's how you should be. Conor McGregor has a lot of fans that want to see him win, but he has a lot of fans also that want to see him lose. So you'll make money not only from the people that likes you, but people also that hates you. Now, were you this whole time, were you training? Cause like you guys have a mask that is, you know, basically kind of uh, helps I'm sure in the gym with uh, keeping yourself safe. Was that because you were training and you were nervous about it? Uh, is that why you guys decided to put this together? Well, we work on a, on a mask that can allow us to, to train in safe environment. And, uh, that's why when I made the, the band, the, the, the band joke, you know, that's, that's what it is right here. It's a, it's a mask that, that does not allow anything to come in and is, has a good filter in it. And you can train in a safe environment. And uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, with COVID crisis, you know, especially in Canada now, the, they reclose all the gyms. But the gyms were open for a, a short amount of time. Now that was a good time to wear the mask, you know, like some people were uh, concerned about in infecting other people or getting infected themselves. That's a perfect uh, thing to, to use. And you could change the filter in it, right? You could change the filter. Yeah. So this one right here that he's got, this is still like a golden sample. So this is like a, a basically a face covering on steroids is what this is. Um, our next version of this one does have a replaceable filter, like all of our other products, like the, other things but yeah i mean this thing is just super breathable it filters down to like a micron that'll block out covid and 
Um, it's just, it's, it's just going to stay on your head while you're training, which is the most important thing, right? Just yeah. having something covering your face. So there's no air coming around. Yeah, totally. And, and, and when you wrestle, a lot of people have asked me the question, if you wrestle, if it stays in place, yeah, it does. Hey man, Batman got his ass and kicked it look, by it Bane. Too. Bane. It does. Bane was wearing one of those things when he kicked Batman's ass. Sorry, Jimmy, you could boo me now. No, why? it's a great point. <laughs> You're correct. Oh, I boo you. This is the this is the Bane. This is the Bane man here. Oh, that's a different one. Yeah, that's a right. one. Look at him. Throw some punches with that, Rich. Throw some punches. You're not just a uh, you don't just advocate. You're a client also. <laughs> anyway, George, I'm that's fucking awesome. I'm getting one yeah. as long as they're free. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. George, behind you, I see there's a picture of you punching Josh Koscheck in the face. Yeah, that's one. Yeah, that's right. Is there any one fight you had, dude, you've done it all. One of the best that ever stepped in that octagon. Is there any one fight that just stands out above the rest where you're like, this, this was the ultimate glory? Holy shit, it better not be UFC 83. Which one? <laughs> behind, I, I don't care if it was. Jimmy, stop hoping that it's the rematch. <laughs> I gotta be I, I gotta be a hundred percent honest with you. The because you beat me and oh. you knocked me out, it was a, a very no no but it was for me a big a big obstacle to come over because you know you know like being knocked out and, and you know you 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 had to to go to step over that obstacle too at one point that I'm at you know. When you come back from it, you always question yourself. Um, it has to do more about the self-confidence. And me, when I lost to you, I start asking myself, because everybody now were telling me, oh, George was not that good finally, you know, he got, he got beat up. And I had to overcome my demon, you know. I had to overcome a lot of problems of confidence, you know, I was facing, that I was facing. And I saw a, I saw a sport psychologist at the time. Yes, I remember. Because the only thing that I wanted to do after I lost to you, because I'm very, I'm a very competitive person, very proud person. I wanted to get back immediately for a rematch and have a chance to redeem myself. However, the, the, it did not happen like that. I had to face other fighters before I had the chance to go back for a title shot. So I had to fight Josh Koscheck. I had to fight Matt Hughes. But before those fights, 
I was focusing on the wrong thing. I was only focusing on how I will do to get back my victory to you. And it was hunting me, like hunting me like crazy. So the sports psychologist, he made something very, very, like an exercise to me that really helped me. He made me carry a brick with your name. I wrote with a, with a chuck, I wrote the name Sarah on it, on the brick. And I was carrying this brick in my training, training bag. This is a true story. Because I was only thinking about how I'm going to get back to my, uh, to my victory. And that was not the thing that I should focus on because I had other fights coming up and I, you need to be focusing on the, the task ahead. And this bag that I was carrying was heavy. And what he did is he, he, did, he, made, me, he made me carry that, that brick in order for me to realize that sometimes when you carry something on your chest, it has physical report repercussion on you you know it manifests in a physical way and at one point before my fight with josh koshek i had enough of carrying that freaking brick in my in my training bag so i grab it i went to the saint laurent river i look at it it was written sarah on it i threw it in the saint laurent river and it really felt good i mean it sounds crazy to say but it really manifests the, the fact that i threw that brick it manifests something on the psychological level for me. And I was able to focus on the task ahead. I beat uh, Josh Koshek, Matthews, and then I, I had the revenge with you. But the, the most memorable fight for me was my win uh, against you because it was the first time also I fought in Montreal in front of my, uh, my family. And for me, it was also a sweet revenge because be, the, before I got into UFC, I was seen as a barbarian. I was not respected as a legit athlete in Montreal, Canada. I even have a, a newspaper article that described me like a barbarian. So after we, 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 we fought each other, I made the, the first page of the Gazette newspaper saying that, oh, the barbarian overthrown the Montreal Canadian for the record of assistance in the Bell Center. So, and you see me in the first place like this. So for me, it was also a sweet revenge, not because I win the title back, but also to the media and to all the, the people low in, in, the, in my local uh, entourage that always trying to downgrade me. And now that I had a chance to, to show them that you see, now if, if there's a boom, an economic boom that night, it's because of me. So thank you, you know? Speaking of a boom that night, I'll tell you, people, unless they were there, George, I've been to, I've been to some, I've been to some hairy fights. I've been to when BJ Penn fought Rodrigo Gracie in Hawaii. It was wild. And I've been to some, some rough fights, like as far as crowds, it was the, the chance, the chance of F.U. Sarah was, it was deafening. Yeah. <laughs> deafening. I couldn't, Longo doesn't speak low. I couldn't hear him between between rounds. I couldn't hear. Like it was insane. Jim. I, 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 ne I never, never seen anything like this after Matt. Matt it was. I ne I fought in Toronto in front of fifty thousand people, <laughs> and it was not the same thing. Like th that night that we fought in Montreal, I remember Bruce Buffer was introducing us. I couldn't even understand. It was like, and I was like, okay, I guess it's my turn. Like then I was waving and you know, doing like 
It was insane. You felt the vibration. Like, you know, you remember? It was like when you stand next to a speaker, you feel the vibration every um, every inches of your body. It was insane. It was insane. It was such a great night for you. Did that affect Matt? Did that affect you at all? Did that affect you at all getting ready for fight to have the crowd that? I mean, like, did it like before you fought? What, what, was it affecting you negatively? Like that? Who are you talking that, to? You. <laughs> Me or Jimmy? Me or George? You, you, Matt. Did it affect you negatively being there? No, I'll tell you, I had an FU attitude. I kind of used that to be like, good, F everybody. I'm, I'm, I'll be the villain here. But it's funny, man, because I remember after the, the fight, after the beating, I saw Dana. Dana goes in my ear and he goes, he goes, you sell the hell out of this fight. You sell the hell out of this fight, man. You, And I remember thinking, I didn't try to sell the hell out of it. I was very honest. It was, me and George were both in very strange positions because we really liked each other before the fight. And it's not that it's not that I didn't like him after. It was just the positions we were both in. I was just looking at it through my perspective. But when I now, now as an older guy, I look at it through George's and, you know, I probably didn't handle it like the correct way. When people were coming at George, George was a 25 year old kid. I was 32 and they were coming at him. Like, how could you, why did it happen? How could you lose to him? What, Everybody do, and he didn't know what to say. So whenever he was saying anything honestly, he I, it wasn't anything degrading to me. Now when I look at it in hindsight, but I was thinking, oh, he's making excuses. Oh, and, and <laughs> George, it's, I'm being honest. So I was like, no, no, I know. Understand, I understand. And then it was right after George. It was right after I seen Talladega Nights. So it was, and and, and Will Ferrell kept saying Frenchie. So I was like, you know, tell Frenchie <laughs> to drink his red wine. I'm a silly guy. They didn't. Oh shit, the Montreal the the, the French Canadians, they didn't like that shit at all. <laughs> so yeah, I ended up selling that thing good, but it was more of me just being butthurt. How could George say this? And I thought he was cool. How can you say I got almost like agreeing with everybody that I, I don't know. I was not as mature about it as, as I, I don't know, George, I would have handled it differently now. Cause you know, I the, love the, the fact, you know, you know, Matt, the, 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 the fights are always promoted on emotion. Yeah. If we would be nice guy to each other, it's boring as hell. And people would not have tuned in, you know, they needed to some drama. And you know, when I, when I, when I make, you know, it is when you do an interviews for UFC, sometimes they push you to say things like, hey, Matt says that, he says that. What? And, and they only cut the clip that you say certain things. <laughs> and for me, yeah, I came back from a loss. And when you come back from a loss like this, a devastating loss, you need to evaluate yourself to, in order to find out what you did wrong. And you need to find that in order to, to improve even if you believe it or not, if it's, I mean, if, even if it's true or not, as long as you believe it, as long as you believe that you, 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 you identify the problem and you, you, you make, you improve the situation, even if it's not real, but you believe it, it plays on your mental. So for me, I thought that, oh, I said to myself, like, oh, I always sleep bad before a fight, but I kind of, you know, going up against Matt, Matt Sarah, I was like, you know, maybe I, I, I felt I was, you know, because the odds and everybody told me how good I am. So maybe it get into me and I start to believe it. Yeah. But you, you never, you always, when, you, when I lost that fight, I realized that you, no matter how good you are, you always at one mistake to lose everything. And, you know, in this fight, 
in this game, at the elite level, when you zig, when you should zag, there is no, there is no comeback, man. It's, it, 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 you have to, to accept the, the outcome and the, the consequences of it. And, and that's what happened to me. So in order to improve, I needed to find myself a reason why I lost that fight and, 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 and believe in it. Even if it's not real, at least I had something that I can tell, oh, now I'm not the same that I was. I improve and that's why I'm going to win my revenge if I ever have to fight him again. That's how it goes, you know, with confidence. You need, you need to build it up. I'll tell you, George. Now, like me being this many years retired, I'm going to tell you now, like you said, there's fights that keep you up at night. I didn't lose a wink of night's sleep over anything. I, don't, I wasn't made to be a dominant champion. I lived my Rocky story. You were a huge part of it, obviously. And that's what I'm suited for. I had a great time. And fucking, you, you know, you're, you're actually a huge part of my whole life, George. It's weird. You know what I mean? Because you're, <laughs> you're such a legend. You know what I mean? So, you know, we had, you know, we shared some time in the cage. Yeah. But now that I, now that I know that you love Star Wars as much as me, I think that, you know, We'll be we'll be talking to each other more. Absolutely, hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yes. Especially after the bad batch comes out, who else? I'm not going to talk about it with Jimmy. Jimmy, make fun of me now that GSP likes it too. Go ahead. I would love to. I would love to. I loved uh, Kylo Ren when he was upset about his dad. Like I, I thought it was great. I, I'm a big fan. Big fan. But, but, but wait, wait, wait a second. I have a question, Matt. You you never you never had problems sleeping before a fight. You always slept well. The one time. I ever had a problem like really sleeping. Now, I get mentally pretty focused. I know what you're talking about. George is very honest as far as before you walk out. And I always thought about that pit in your stomach. I call it yep. the feeling of being alive. Like you never feel that's a feeling that a lot of people aren't going to ever feel. It's like yeah. because you have a, a threat in front of you. When I, I don't like to say it's being afraid, it is. I guess it is because there's fear. But you know what that old customado saying about fear the difference yeah. between hero and a coward, George. What's the yeah. difference between a hero and a coward? It's what the yeah. coward doesn't do. They both feel fear. They're both afraid of dying and getting hurt. But it's what the coward doesn't do that makes him a coward. It's what the hero does that makes him a hero. So yeah. I just always like to throw hero shit in there, Jimmy. But but, but, but no, you, you I, never you never had trouble <laughs> you never had trouble sleeping the week of the me. It's like for me, I always feel it's like a funnel. Yeah. And the closer I get to the fight, the more scenario build up in my mind. And man, I'm like I'm. Man, it's unbearable. I hate this feeling. But in the same time, with the experience and over time, I realized that I need it in order to perform better because it increased my reaction time. It makes me more explosive, more focused. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But I remember when I was young, I was like, man, I'm really not made for this because I looked around all my training partners. They, they were like happy to be there. I'm like, man, I'm like, I'm freaking out here. I hate that shit, you know? George, did you ever see Mike Tyson when he's a kid crying before his matches about not wanting to go out yeah. there? And then yeah. go out there and just decapitate somebody. <laughs> so, I mean, we're in we're in good company. You know what I mean? I think everybody yeah. feels it. Whoever doesn't feel that thing in the stomach's probably maybe I, I don't I don't I think they're lying, or else they're just a psychopath. I don't know. But it's how we act in the presence of that, you know, that makes us who we are. And how yeah. we don't act is make Jimmy is who he is. I'm like, Jimmy, Jimmy, Look, I'm a, but you're not wrong. Uh, that's why I've learned to be a very quick runner and a very fast talker. Jimmy, you're a smart man, Jimmy. You're a smart <laughs> man. Oh, shit, man. Well, listen, I want yeah. the masks. First of all, we'll talk yeah. about where can we get these masks? Where can you get them? Yeah. 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 Check it out on uh, O2industries.com. Uh, that's where that's our website. 
So these masks are, are not out yet. This is the pro respirator that we worked on with GSP. It's coming. Give me a few months. It's going to be online. Uh, we're doing some really cool stuff coming up with uh, UFC 261 and 262. Uh, so check that out as well. Um, we got fans coming back and we're going to be involved in that process. So uh, check that out. But yeah, this thing, this thing's awesome. It, it rocks. Like you can truly train. You, it stays on your head. You're, you're safe and you're protecting others. So yeah. So maybe we'll look, in the stands and we'll, we'll look in the stands and we'll see everybody looking out like, like George does right now. All right. Yeah. yeah not anything just yet, but maybe, maybe we'll see. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Any, anything else you guys want to plug George? Anything else, man? When he, so now you're not going to be visiting New York as much. Cause I know you, you visit Johnny. I'm not going to see you ever at Henzo's or something. No, no, I, I'll have to go to New York many times as well. So I have a lot of stuff to do there and I'll, I'll swing by Henzo's as well. You know, I love Henzo. I was with him in uh, Singapore. So we, 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 we talk a lot and we had a great time. Yeah. And then you just went past rooting recently, weren't you? I saw something. Yeah, I work on Karate Combat. Uh, it's an organization that because my, my background in, in martial art is my, my first martial art was karate uh, before I start jiu-jitsu. So I, I, I'm in um, uh, Karate Combat also for uh, trying to promote their organization. And it's very good because it's, a, it's an organization that helps um, uh, fighters that come from karate background so they can compete under karate rules. And, and it's good because karate is all divided. You, you know what? That's one thing I, I, I wanted to ask you, uh, Matt. What do you think? You remember it was a time that it was a time that karate was really badass. You know, like a long time ago, like I would say when I was like very young, karate was the martial art that to be a badass, you need to be karate. Then, then it became, I would, I would say so, but to the, to the eyes of competitor, karate became sort of, how can I describe it? it? It was kind of easy to get a black belt in karate because it became money, a little bit corrupted. McDojo-ish. Like, like a McDojo, like everybody, like a karate school. Yes. Less yes. Do you feel it's the same way that it's going a little bit? With, because I remember jujitsu in the beginning, to be a, a, a black belt was like, man, it was something like very special. Do you feel that now... Because of, I would say, the money, because it's more popular, it, it become like karate a little bit. Like, what do you think happened with jiu-jitsu? Because it's a, a little bit, to me, it sounds like I see some guys sometimes that, that are been giving black belt that I'm like, man, it's back in the day, dude, that would not have happened, you know? Well, as a school owner, like I still have, you know, I've been teaching for 20 years plus years. You know, guys put times in on the, uh, listen, when we first started training, George, jiu-jitsu it was now, now guys can make a living on submission grappling and this and that, never get a punch in the face. Everything was geared for the fight. Everything was geared for the fight. I don't know. In the nineties, everything was structured towards how is this going to work in a fight? It wasn't. So now you have different guys that'll different techniques that guys aren't even worried. You know what I notice a lot that when some guys, my guys that are very, even the guys that are very good with the Ashikaramis and, and everything else, they sometimes they just don't get good at keeping distance. Because they yeah. just don't understand about then why should they? They're not ever going to get hit or, until they really get hit. So I think I, I could see how some schools could be like that. And some guys will end up getting a black belt that aren't going to be as badass as guys that got yeah. into this 20 years ago or 15 years yeah. ago. But it, some schools are going to be different than others. My biggest thing, my theory on my schools, my school now, COVID, COVID took one, is uh, – you know, I like just making good people dangerous. That's what I like. I'm involved yeah. with the MMA thing, which is I'm blessed to be with, with me and Longo and everything. But 
You know, I like making like that time with me and that, that drunk in Vegas in front of my family. I had to control them. Any one of my students, I want to put in that same position and know that they're going to be able not, they're not going to get embarrassed in front of their family. You know what I mean? That's why I like, that's what I love about jujitsu. And that's how I feel about my school. And I don't know if that answered your question, but I don't know. No, 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 hundred percent. But it, it, I guess it times and popularity yeah. makes that happen because when something become popular, it's more, it's more accessible to different peoples. Yeah. And it's like anything else. You have a good masseuse and bad masseuse. You have good jujitsu instructor and bad jujitsu instructor that would give away black belt to anybody for money. Right. Yeah. So I guess that's what, that's what happened a little bit. And it's normal. It's a normal thing, but I agree also with what you said about there is certain moves that are very specific to certain sport. For example, in karate, I love karate. It's my background. It's very, it's a very efficient combat sport, but there is a lot of things in karate that you take and you, for mixed martial art or street fight that you, you have to throw in the garbage because it's really specific for karate. Like in jiu-jitsu, there are certain moves that are good for jiu-jitsu, even that works in the elite jiu-jitsu level. But if you use it in the street, the guy will punch you in the face. You're right about, so every sport, it's very specific, you know, and, and depend on the rules that you engage in. Uh, Leonardo Santos the other day, I don't know if you've seen the fight, he had a beautiful leg lock laced up with one second left. Grant Dawson ended up knocking him out because I don't think he's probably so used to it. it looked, he had him figure forward around the leg and he was looking for an Ashi, Garami, uh, heel hook. And he got one second left. He got stopped. Yeah. Because I don't think there was any, he had him locked up where it was kind of hard to get out of it, but there's nothing yeah. stopping from him touching your face. So it's that's got, right. You know, but it's all how you use it. Yeah. You got Ryan Hall in there. Be, like rocking heel looking BJ Penn. So, and Gary Tonin. So, you know, it's all how you use it, but everything works. Even like, I don't care if it's Taekwondo, Kung Fu, everything works. Every style is good. It's just depend how you use it. And I guess it goes back to what Bruce Lee said. Bruce Lee says, take everything you can from every martial art and put it in your back pocket. And the, the, the stuff that doesn't work, throw it away. Exactly. I guess that's what it is, right? That is, that's exactly what it is, buddy. Hey, man, I had a fucking, bl- Jimmy, yeah, I had so awesome. much, first of all, it was nice to talk to Rich, nice to meet him. I'm excited about the Mets, but I had, Georgie, I had such a good time catching up with you, buddy. I really did, you know, and I all hope right, we, man, we are going to talk. I'm talking to you anytime you want to do it again. It's my pleasure, and, and sorry for my technical dif- difficulty difficulties in the beginning. <laughs> Oh, it's great, brother. I dropped my tripod and everything, but uh, I was able to work it through. You're still too powerful. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> too, cl- too clumsy, you, you, you should say. Yeah, we have a lot in common. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, George. Uh, amazing having you on uh, for this length of time. And Rich, thanks for joining us as well. And thanks, yeah, we'd Bob. love to have you back again soon. I mean, it's, uh, it's just great having you on here. Good times. Awesome. All right, guys. Thank, Thank you, guys. You so Later, guys. Good to talk to you, man. Later, George. Take care. Bye, guys. Cheers. Jimmy, I had such a, I had such a blast. Huh? What a fun time. George is such a great guy. and He's awesome. You know, we, had, we had such a fun time. We're going to talk more about the fights yes. that we did not talk about yes. today because we had such we – listen, we had, you know, we had to talk about the Star Wars and the, and the Of course. And catch up with George. It's been, it's, it's been a minute. Like yeah. me and the kid and then this generation like to say, Jimmy, anything you want to plug real quick, buddy? New Chip Chipperson podcast is up and get all the Chip 
chip 420 merch at chipchipperson.com. I'm expecting some of those shirts. You'll I'm on Cameo, everybody. Look me up on there. Matt Sarah BJJ on Instagram. Spread the good word about UFC Unfiltered. We out. I'm not Thank you, guys. <laughs> Sorry about the last part. Love you, perfect. Jimmy. I love you, pal. Bye, everyone. For 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all handpicked from family farms, then blended to perfection and cold pressed to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.